you go to the doctor to take care of your body, do you know there is more to your well-being than your physical body? How do you keep your soul and spirit healthy and hearty? Do you know that your overall health is finding the balance between your spirit, mind, and body? Spirit, Soul, and Doctor by Dr. Ben Israel brings life to all your compartments and makes you find the balance between the multidimensional components that you are made of. Your aura, your desire, your emotions, and your physical body comes to power and enlightenment in Spirit, Soul, and Doctor Show. Take care of yourself, increase your vibration, invigorate your body naturally, find your balance, be your best at all times. Now, Spirit, Soul, and Doctor by Dr. Ben Israel. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spirit, Soul, and Doctor. This is Dr. Ben Israel, and Happy New Year to everyone. In this episode, we are going to be having a good time talking, chatting, having a good conversation. Hi, educative, empowering, and enlightened education around energy, wellness, healing, and you. Energy, wellness, healing, and you. Uh, in the last episode, we established that that which we interact with, whether it's our world or the people we interact with or just our environment, it's energy. And we are essentially energy ourselves. No, he who is born of the spirit, he who is born of the spirit is of the spirit, right? Being born of the spirit is talking about the energy aspect of who you are. Um, whether it's the soul, the spirit, all the body, all of these three components on all of these three, uh, and all of these three aspects of who we are is essentially the energy that we possess. And if we tend to our own energy, uh, we are going to experience uh, the fullness of who we truly are. And I'm going to lay the foundation of today's talk uh from a scripture in the book of luke chapter 6 and verse 48 jesus was talking to his disciples we're just talking to everyone he said you know he will heed to my word and do them right take the action towards tending to your own energy right from the realm of vibration to the realm of frequency and to the realm of energy, he will heed to my word. Not just he will listen, because uh, you know, at one time, Prophet Elijah, God told Elijah, Prophet Jeremiah, when he goes to the Israelite and he prophesied all the time, you will see a huge number of people come to listen to his prophecy, to listen to his good oratory, good word, good speech. You know, good conversation, very eloquent words. You know, one of the most eloquent uh, prophets in the Bible is Prophet uh, Jeremiah. And God called his attention one time and he said, listen, you see, your word before these people is like a sweet song. It's like a good singer singing. 
They come to hear you. They they enjoy the eloquence, the articulation of your words and how you present those words. But they are just there to hear you for the eloquence of it, for the for how you deliver, not necessarily to do. You know? So it is very essential not just to be educated or to have knowledge, but it's also very important to live it. Remember, that which you don't have, you cannot give. That which you don't have in terms of you becoming. Because that which you become is that which eventually will come out of you. Jesus says something. He said, the prince of this world come unto me and he found nothing in me. You know why? Because there was no matching energy. <laughs> there was no matching energy. If I'm not in me, it doesn't mean I'm empty. If I'm not in me, because there was no matching energy to negativity. There was no matching energy to anything that is mundane, anything that is evil, anything that is supposed to break me down and break me down. It doesn't match. There is nothing that will occur, that will manifest in your life for the long time or for the long run if such, an, such energy does not exist already in you. There is no matching energy. It's like the magnet. You can use the magnet to magnetize the wood, right? The magnet has to find something that is compatible to it, like an iron, for it to be able to, for there to be an adhesion. So the energy that you carry, the energy that you possess, the energy that is within you, is that which eventually manifests. So in Luke chapter 6 and verse 48, it says, He will listen to this message of energy and wellness and healing. And not only think, oh, these are good words, but put them to practice. <laughs> Does them, right? Live in it. Be Allowing this to become his or her lifestyle. Right, and and, and and not just teaching it. Not, teaching it is not even enough, <laughs> because it's one thing to teach a thing; it's another thing to live it, to become it. Right? When you become it, even your life will radiate the influence you have. Just your presence, because every relationship, every interaction leaves a residue. Your presence in a place, your interaction without you saying much, becomes an impact in that environment. So he will listen to this word and does it. Look at what he says. We'll be likened to a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. Remember, the rock is your energy, the energy you possessed. And when the flood arose. There will be flood, right? <laughs> the flood will come. There will be persecution. There will be opposition. There will be sickness that will come at you, right? There will be circumstances that will be thrown at you. There will be assumptions that will be made about you, right? <laughs> That you cannot avoid. The adversity will come. Right? All of those things will come at you. But when you build upon the rock, which is 
they're tending onto your energy from the realm of nutrition, taking care of your body, your thoughts from the realm of your mind, your thoughts, that which is going through your mind on a constant basis, your habit of thinking, and your feeling, that which you allow to permeate your body, that which you allow to permeate your being, that which you allow to dominate how you feel, we become like the rock. And when the flood arose, because it will again, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built, because it's built upon pure energy, pure intention, pure expectation. And as a result of that, it does not matter what comes at you or what anyone wish for you. Because many times say, oh, they wish me bad, he wish me bad. No, it doesn't matter what anybody wish you. What are you wishing yourself on a constant basis? Because at the end of the day, what becomes of you, what becomes the real manifestation is that which you are, which you possess. Why? Because when the wind blows, the storm comes, the words, the accusations, the misunderstanding, the sickness, the problem in the family, right? The, the emotional issue, the, the quote-unquote so-called bad news <laughs> comes because you are built upon a foundation, and you are dug deep on that rock, you will stand. There is no charm. There is no enchantment. There is no voodoo. <laughs> there is no word. There is no camp. There is no strategy against a man or an individual or a woman or an individual would tend onto their energy. Because you know why? At the end of the day, your story will be different. Your story will come out that to know that all of those winds that comes at you, you will stand at the end of the day. And today I have my wonderful, I have a wonderful friend in the house, uh, a great inspirer is one of the person that I really draw inspiration from. I must really confess, it's both a friend and a very wonderful inspirer. He's been around for years, almost as long as I have lived. <laughs> uh, so, so it's a senior friend, and I have so much respect for him. Uh, we have Dr. Rice in the house. Uh, he's a naturopathic, a spiritual teacher, and he's been doing this for over 30 years. Uh, this man is an inspiration. Listening to him is just uh, an inspiration. And he's been through, you know, this is the time that we have all of this pandemic going on, COVID and all that, right? He happened to contract the virus a couple of weeks ago, and his testimony is just phenomenal. Remember? We are not saying, remember, that storm we come, right? The wind we blow. <laughs> but Dr. Rice, not being who he is, and not just being the teacher of it, but the evidence of it. You see, there's a difference to teach it and be articulate and have an oratory, but said not to really truly live it, <laughs> right? So this man has lived it, and he's continuing to live it. And even in the midst of contacting the virus, he really lived it. 
And today he'll be sharing with us, we'll be talking around laying that foundation and having that foundation so that when that wind comes, you definitely will be able to stand. Welcome to the show, Dr. Rice. Absolutely. Delighted to be here, Dr. Benjamin. <laughs> nice to be your guest this morning and appreciate the opportunity to chat with you. A couple things that you brought up for me as you, uh, you spoke about Yeshua. One of my favorite spiritual teachers is Albert Einstein. And he reinforces everything you just said as a physicist when he says this, and this is one of the foundation quotes of my whole body of work. Uh. On such things as matter, we have been all wrong. Uh. What we have heretofore called matter is energy, energy whose vibrations have been so lowered as to be perceptible to the senses. There is no matter. Uh. Einstein says matter doesn't exist. Uh. And I'll go back to Yeshua, and he says, don't judge by appearances. Uh. What is an appearance? Most people think that they have a, a set of peepholes called eyes that they look out into the world with. It's one of the most ludicrous ideas you could ever imagine, but about seven and a half people believe they look outside and they see what's out there. Uh. It's a lie. What you see out there is an appearance created by your mind. Mm. The eye is literally an energetic antenna. It receives the frequencies of light. And you can no more look out that antenna than you could go pull the wires off the back of your TV and look in the wire and look out through the antenna on your roof. Can't happen. Mm. The eye is a one-way valve. It receives energetic frequencies of light. And according to what those frequencies resonate within the mind, the mind generates a construct called perception. Uh -huh. appearance and that construct is a totally internal product a picture of an internal condition and we've been taught to believe that we're looking out there and we're not when we start with that basic error and we judge by appearance we think that we're looking at what's going on in the world yep. instead of looking at a construct in our minds we're in trouble yep. and until we understand that and you know yeshua talked about his work was only for those who have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. That's right. Or those who hearing hear not, those who seeing see not. In That's other right. words, if I'm living in a construct in my mind that I is a total reflection of what's going on inside of me, and I listen to the words of Yeshua, and that resonates something in me, it's not going to resonate what's going on in Yeshua's mind. That's right. <laughs> and I will hear and see what my brain generates as a construct. Uh -huh. So seeing, I do not see. Hearing, I do not hear. That's right. Most people substitute their perception for what the creator created for them. Uh -huh. So we made up this skill called perception and memory, and we generate a whole world that exists nowhere but between our ears. Uh -huh. Now people say, well, but there were 10 people there and they all saw the same thing. <laughs> Yep. Well, you know, there were 10 people there and they all were had their brain cell structures built out of similar patterns, but that board weren't seeing anything. A, <laughs> yeah, if you went into a courtroom and listened to those 10 people testify about the accident, mm -hmm. you'd be sure that at least four of them were not the same accident as everybody else. Yes, sir. Because everybody has a construct in their minds mm -hmm. that they substitute for the actuality that the creator creates. I like they, it. I like so it. So we each live in a reality. And 
you know, when you're talking about energetic patterns, you know, mm -hmm. the law of resonance governs. And the law of resonance simply stated says that when two energy fields are in tune or in harmony with each other, there's an exchange of energy between them. That's right. And that resonance, so so Yeshua's words have no meaning if we don't have any resonance with us that are in alignment with what Yeshua's words were. Mm -hmm. And if we we hold something different, like one of my favorites, and actually I've been doing this work for 50 years now. And Dude, that's one all, of my, all that, all my, that than I am, that Dr. Rice there. <laughs> nah, that's good. That's cool. So, so <laughs> when you take this one word and, and over the years, this is mm -hmm. the feedback that I've gotten from people is that this has been the single most life, life changing thought they've gotten. Mm. And that is that we all have brain cells for mm -hmm. a certain word out of the Greek language. If Yeshua sat in most churches today, he said, that's all Greek to me. Mm -hmm. But the word is sin. Mm. Now, most people have been beaten into submission with sin and you're bad and you're evil and you're wrong. And, mm -hmm. and you should buy the identity of your identity of yourself as a sinner. Yep. Okay. So let's build some new brain cells a la Yeshua. <laughs> I love actually it. It wasn't Jesus. It was Yeshua. Mm -hmm. The Greeks really, you know, they were delivering a rabbi to the Greco-Roman world. Who wants a rabbi in the Greco-Roman world? So they went, well, what name can we, what name can we come up with? And as we come up with that name, we tend to think that that's what his actual name was. But if you look at Yeshua or Jesus, he hail Zeus. You know, mm. they were looking for a way to deliver this rabbi to the Greco-Roman world, and everybody knew Zeus. So hey, Zeus is hail Zeus. Uh -huh. Wasn't his name? It was Yeshua. And when you recognize who he actually is, and then you build the brain cells according to his work. So let's build brain cells for the word sin. Uh -huh. In the Aramaic language, the language that he spoke, sin was an archery term. Uh -huh. If we were on the archery range and we fired at the bullseye and we missed the bullseye and in missing the bullseye, then Yeshua would yell or, or a, uh, the scorekeeper would yell sin. You're off the mark. Hmm. You missed the target. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, not you missed the target. That's a different word. So, so sin, all that means in human terms is if I buy into, you know, I have a, a, a device the creator created to incarnate love. And if I move it into the range of hostility, fear, rage, guilt, grief, drama, and trauma, mm -hmm. I've engaged in sin, energies that are off the mark. Oh, my. Wherever in tissue, the mm. body functions through every cell in the body, the, the mind functions through every cell in the body. Wherever I store that disintegrative energy and tissue, I'm going to have a disease. Literally, it's going to interrupt the organic structure and reflect as a disease process. And if I judge by appearances, I'll go, oh, look at the horrible wow. appearance of that tissue. I'll take its appearance back in and restructure it and restructure it. And now I'm stuck in the disease cycle. If I recognize that, that disintegrative energy doesn't belong, it's off the mark, then what I want to do is remove that energy from that tissue. Whew, I love it. What's I love the it. word in Aramaic that represents removal? I love it. It's forgiveness. Hmm. Now, notice the Greek taught us forgiveness. The ear of the brain cells most people have, this is sin, for the word forgive from the Greek teachings and translations. Ah, you did something really terrible that caused all this pain inside of me, but I'll forgive you. <laughs> I need to forgive you. I need to forgive him. I need to forgive her. I need to forgive myself. 
Never forgive anybody for anything because you can't. That's a Greek idea of pardoning. Mm. Forgive means go inside your tissue structure, recapture the literally the neuropeptides that you've locked in there that are off the mark that are liable to kill you if you don't deal with them. Remove them, throw them out. That's forgiveness. Pardon me. Pardon me, not pardon you. Right. <laughs> Yo, pardon me, pardon, pardon me. <laughs> yeah, it's perfectly appropriate to pardon right. somebody. Yeah, somebody pardon me, not really you. I can, I can pardon them or I can pardon myself. That's but powerful. if I call that forgiveness, I won't do the work of forgiveness. That's powerful. If I recognize, you know, you did something really terrible, really off the wall, and I can say, okay, so I pardon you. Mm. And what came up in me, what that resonated in me was all this pain So now I'm going to apply forgiveness to my pain to remove it from my tissue structure. Now I've healed mm. because something untoward happened in my life. Mm. If I keep projecting, if I keep blaming them, mm. then I'm going to be stuck in the cycle of, oh, I'll forgive them. I'll forgive yeah. them. All. And you can't forgive anybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Dr. so off the mark is sin. Then let's take it one more step. If you miss the target altogether, uh-huh. guess what that word is in evil, in, in Aramaic. Excuse uh-huh. me, I gave it away there. Off the target altogether is evil. I miss the bullseye at sin. Off the target is evil. That's all Wow. Like you're so far off target with the energy patterns you're designed to resonate with and to integrate into your structure. And, and those are energetic patterns that need to be forgiven, that need to be removed. So Yeshua says you got to have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. Now, hopefully, everybody in our audience has got, perhaps, unless they already knew this, some new eyes and ears. Oh, sin is off the mark. Evil mm-hmm. is missing the target altogether. Okay, new brain cells. Awesome, awesome. New that will definitely create a new brain cell, <laughs> without a doubt, Dr. Rice. Thank you so much for sharing that. Isn't that why the Bible says love covers multitude of sin? Precisely. If conscious, active, <laughs> present love is is present in our physiology. We're plugged into a proper power supply. That is awesome. I'll oftentimes ask people, you know, do you have a device in your kitchen, your car, mm-hmm. your shop, your office, that if you unplug it, it works really well? Yep. And everybody says, well, no, of course not. What makes you think that a human body-mind unit would work properly unplugged from its proper power supply? Whew, well, Michael... Who's to it. say what the power supply is for this body, mind you? It, it just well, means you can continue to create yourself, Dr. Rice. Like continually, you are constantly in the, in, in, the, in the mold of creating and recreating yourself and getting yourself to that place. Like God already has given you that power. <laughs> you don't need you an external source. It's within you. <laughs> if you stay plugged into it. If you stay plugged into it. The and, world has a specialty. Yeah. It mistranslates the word and it, as young as possible, forces mm. people to unplug. Mm. So notice that we live in a world that says love is sexual athletics mm-hmm. or self-sacrifice or, yes, I'll put my head on the chopping block so you can chop, uh, chop it off. That'll prove that I love you. Mm-hmm. When the word love describes a state of being, it's who we are. Wow. That's and powerful. if you take a moment, Have you ever held a newborn child? Oh, I have. <laughs> so if you go back, and I'll invite everybody in arts, go back to the moment where you held a newborn. Mm. I mean, literally, put your hands in the posture and imagine yourself holding that newborn mm. and tap into the essence of that newborn. Mm. Mm. If you were to put a word to forward to describe the essence of the newborn, what word would that be? 
Pure. Pure? Powerful. Powerful? Uh, now, this is a question my wife, Jeannie, and I have asked of tens of tens of thousands of people all over the globe, <laughs> and everybody's answer is the same. It's always some variation on the theme of love. Yep. Now, the next question I ask is, is that newborn loving you, or is that newborn love? That newborn is love. Right. So notice we come into the world as love. The world knocks it out of us, mm -hmm. and then it says... Love is something you're going to get from somebody else. Love is something you're hmm. going to give to somebody else. And they push us out the door. You know, the kids had a song about this a few years back. Don't you want somebody to love? Don't you need somebody to love? <laughs> and, and what happened? The definition of the word was changed. Yep. If you listen to, if you go back to the writings of uh, Vladimir Lenin, uh -huh. he says the way to destroy a culture is change the meaning of its word. Wow. So love has become something we do, something we get, something we give, not something we are. Hmm. When we lose that definition, we don't know who we are as love. We don't function as love. And we disconnect from the power supply that's designed to fuel this human body, mind, this multi-generational database. And, and Dr. Rice, to, incarnate love. To, to follow that pattern, you know, I, I like to uh, follow the pattern of thought right now of the newborn. You know, I mean, who in this world... <laughs> And it doesn't matter where you are in this world, who you are, what your culture is. Newborns right. are considered to be, oh, who doesn't want to hold a newborn? Like, who doesn't like a newborn? Who, who in this world has ever criticized a newborn? Who in this world has said, oh, no, I don't like that baby. Like, oh, cute, cute, nice, looking good, most beautiful thing. Those are the descriptions that we all, it doesn't matter who you are, right? It doesn't matter what part of the world you are. When you see a newborn, you are so attracted to a newborn that you want to hold that newborn. Let's even say, I mean, people who don't even like to hold a newborn, they not because they don't love that baby, it's because maybe they are scared the baby is going to fall off their hand. <laughs> they have a phobic for, you know, hurting the baby, squishing the baby too hard, not because they don't want to hold the baby. And, and to just build on what you say, Dr. Rice, about love is something you have for yourself. It's not something you look for. It's not something that you give. So that means if you live in that place of love, who the newborn represent, that is the same thing you attract to yourself. Well, you know? and, and my offering <laughs> would be that it's not something you have for yourself. If you think it's something you have for yourself, you're back to the definition of love as a verb. It's something you do. It is what you are. It's, yeah. What you, what, what you have become. Literally That's right. What we are. That's and right. And the world teaches us to disconnect from that. So now our, our body, mind units are run by hostility, fear, and we end up in death instead of being cued to, connected to active present love, the proper power supply for human life. Absolutely. And so when you become that love, God is love and God lives in you. So you are love. You become love. So the more of that love that you become, not even just having not 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 having it for yourself, uh, like you say to to put it in the right way. When you become love, love will find you, right? Like like you will attract the same. It's almost like energy. Like energy attracts like energy. You want to have a baby because you think a baby is love. Oh, that's love. That's a cute baby. Oh, let me have that baby. You know, when you become that love, anything that is love come towards you. And anything what? that is not love gravitates away from you. Isn't that wonderful? Resonant. 
president. Yes. And and my offering again, just a slight little refinement. It's not a matter of becoming love. You are love. You are from the beginning. It's never changed. You know, Yeshua says there's a self that needs to die in order for you to live. The false self that's built into the mind based in hostility, fear, and the belief that love is a verb, something we can do or give or get, that self has to die. That's right. Realizing that we are love from the beginning, always have been and always will be. Absolutely. And then the work becomes, the work of Yeshua is to remove everything that is unlike love so that we are restored to the truth of the presence of love. Absolutely. Healing our physiology. Absolutely. That's powerful, Dr. Rice. Uh, Yeah, we definitely continually recreating ourselves. We made in the image of God. We are God. We are love. Come into this world. Get contaminated by everything around. All the theories and understandings and things thrown at us. Divide us. Kind of reduce, depreciate that aspect of us. And because we are love, our, we be, our responsibility is to become that which we have already become. We're not trying to become, but we are, realize, we, we, are, we are realizing it more, right? We are, we, are, we are becoming that which we become, right? We're doing the work to be, go back to our basis, who we already are, right? We're not trying to become it. We're not trying to attract it. We're not trying to... to to prove anything, we are only trying to emerge as exactly. who we are created. And that's very powerful. Incarnate, I'm with you. Incarnate that's, and emerge. Absolutely. And, and life is designed. You know, here's my take. The creator set the whole game up. Life abhors death. Mm. Life abhors people suffering, being diseased, and dying. Yep. So built into the system is this law of resonance. Yep. And the law of resonance in physics creates motion, and in the human realm, it creates motion toward. So if there is a sin in me, an energy that's off the mark. That's right. And that's what evil, <laughs> I love it. there is evil in me, an energy that's totally off target for a human life, things like hate and rage and fear and murder and guilt and grief. If those energies are in me, because of the way the creator set life up, Guess who's going to show up in our lives? Resonance is going to draw. It's going to attract toward us. Yep, it's so going to attract. The it. law of attraction. Here comes the person yep. who knows exactly how to push that button of hate, fear, or yep. rage. And, and here's what we do: we've been taught by the world to take that energy when it moves in us and project it into our brain's appearance, the construct in our mind called reality. We project that hate and say, you make me hate. You step on my nerves. You made me mad. You you did me wrong. I just don't like your attitude. <laughs> I just don't like the way you do this to me all the time, right? <laughs> Isn't that what and, we and project? My, yeah, and one of my favorite tongue-in-cheek lines in that <laughs> thought is, you'll notice if you've been through a particular painful reality 87 different times with 42 different people, Right. You're the only one that was there every time. That's right. What we, We've developed a test in my work, and people can find us on our website, whyagain.org. Um, and actually, we have the world's only forgiveness app that people can go to their app store and just type in the words Heartland, H-E-A-R-T-L-A-N-D, Aramaic, A-R-A-M-A-I-C, forgiveness, and you'll download free the world's only forgiveness app. 
And when we realize that forgiveness is about removing removing those energetic patterns that we play out with others, and when somebody comes to us and we project our pain into our brain's image of them, it's time for us to collapse the perceptual construct that embodies our pain in our brain's image of someone else. Absolutely. That's what forgiveness does. Nothing to do with letting others off the hook. You bring up rage in me and I have a perceptual construct called rage. What forgiveness does is it collapses that construct. Absolutely. So I can go back to the root of the rage and remove it. And it's that removal that is forgiveness. All right. So let's transition into laying that energy foundation uh with your experience uh with covid with with a virus yeah. and and how you bounce back how do you think how is it that you laid that foundation and you mentioned that the, your experience with going through covid was actually a rejuvenation one that he recreated certain things in you and your wife and uh share with us how 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 did you prepare looking back now prior to covid and within that experience that you had and after that take us through all of those three phases okay. how was it that you would prepare how did you the, your foundation help you through it and how did you come out on the other side great so let me start out just by saying that um you know having done this work, developed this work over the last 50 years, of course, I started when I was five, so you get the, the range of, uh, of time there. I've been doing this circling around the sun for a few decades now. And when I was born, actually the last six days I was in utero, my mother was given Pitocin. She had toxemia and was given Pitocin to try to push me out. And the night that I was, as I was getting ready to be born, the doctors contacted my father at work and said, if you want to see this kid alive, Mm. then you better get down to the hospital because he's not going to live through the night. Well, I lived through the night. The next 25 years, first first year of my life, I was almost dead four or five times from lung problem. I should have been dead from COVID with the fact that it goes for lungs. And the first 25 years, almost dead three or four times. The uh, Every year when I was a kid, the first two weeks of school, I was never in school. I was in an oxygen tent in a hospital. Hmm. About the age of 25, uh, I realized that all these drugs they were pumping me full of were keeping me alive, but they were killing me. Realized that every drug is a disease disguised as a cure. That's why there's an insert that says all these diseases come with this bill. And so I started to look for, and that's why I became a naturopath and started to understand the healing process. So shoot forward several decades, and uh, we actually take care of my... uh, father-in-law, my wife and I, um, I used to travel, actually been on the road, was on the road for about 40 years, traveling, teaching forgiveness anywhere on the globe we were invited. And we kind of hunkered down through COVID and through a series of circumstances, we had to go out and ended up contracting it both, actually all three of us contracted COVID. And uh, by the second day of COVID, I became aware you know, one of the pieces of Yeshua's work is to live in awareness. Uh-huh. I became aware that my immune system had been tweaked. Uh-huh. And my wife, you know, both, we, we do our forgiveness work on an ongoing basis. It's our full-time occupation. Uh-huh. And she also is aware 
that some of the things that she'd been working on symptomatically in her body, and in her case is more dramatic than mine, uh, were starting to resolve themselves. So my wife had had, she's worked at computers for decades uh-huh. and wasn't very good at your field, ergonomics, uh-huh. and ended up with severe neck problems. Uh-huh. Uh, for a period of about two years, we worked on her neck and her neck was just a challenge for her. It was always in pain. The last six months before we got COVID, uh, she was wearing an electrical stimulator around her neck pretty much all the time just to ameliorate the pain. Third day of COVID, her neck pain was 100% gone. Hmm. Whoa, what's going on here? Is this an upgrade? <laughs> that's, is that's, this thing come in here to give me a gift? Or know, is this right? a disease? Yep. Now, if people <laughs> live in, in the sad diet, mm-hmm. sad diet, standard American diet, Mm-hmm. You know, restaurant after restaurant after restaurant, basically you get three choices. You go, how much salt, how much sugar, and what kind of fat do you want? <laughs> I don't care if it's Chinese food, you get Chinese fat, Chinese sugar, Chinese salt. If it's Asian food, you get Asian sugar, Asian fat, Asian salt. If it's American food, you get Asian su- or American sugar, American salt, American fat. And that's basically Interesting. The, the sad diet. Mm-hmm. And if people eat that diet, junk oils, Uh, nutrition-free food, you know, I mean, it's really amazing that we live in a culture that you go into a restaurant and and if you ask the question and they answer, honestly, do you have food with nutrition in it? Like for instance, I want a sandwich. Do Mm. you have bread with nutrition in it? 99% Mm -hmm. of restaurants have to say no. Uh It's white flour. All of the nutrition has been removed and sold to the pig farmers because that's what keeps their pigs healthy and reproducing and it's worth money. You take it out of the food and you sell you know, humans, uh, you know, Madison Avenue sells this, builds ba- bodies in 12 ways, and you put a toxin in the body, and what happens to the body becomes toxified. We live in the standard American way of thinking. You know, you look at most Americans spend a significant amount, amount of time in hostility and fear. What are hostility and fear relative to an integrated energy system that's designed for love? Mm. They're sin. They're off the mark. Mm. Now, if if you eat the sad diet and live in hostility and fear, you don't have immunity left. Your immune system has been shot all to hell mm. if that's where people live. So, yeah, better get a vaccine, better get something right. that gives you at least some form of artificial immunity. Now, to hear the medical profession talk, you'd think that there's no such thing as natural immunity. You know, we haven't heard much from physicians about, well, take care of your immunity, build your immune system. <laughs> it's been go get our mm. money product in order to have immunity. Mm. So, but if you live in a nutritionally solvent body, right. And you work to at least work to stay connected to active present love, your true nature, then you have immunity. Absolutely. And so what both my wife and I observed is that this virus coming into our structure Mm. tweaked our immune systems and our immune systems went to work healing Mm. things that we had been dealing with in our lives. You know, we both have genetic histories Mm. doing Yeshua's work. You know, you go back and there's a passage where the disciples say to to, to Yeshua, you know, what do we do to please God? And and Yeshua tells them and half of his disciples said too hard a saying. And they left and they never came back. Mm. In essence, he told them, you got to go inside and do your work. You got to clean up. 
your yeah. hostility, fear, rage, guilt, grief, drama, and trauma, and you've got to take nutrition in that actually fulfills nutrition requirements for your structure. Yeah. So in the same way, you know, my the comparison that I use, you know, if you if you do some research on uh, antibiotic-resistant bugs, the people who specialize in that field tell us that by 2050, there'll be more people dying of antibiotic-resistant bugs than today are dying of cancer. Wow. Those numbers are pretty high. Well, what happens when you bring a, a, a drug, an antibiotic, into the presence of a bacteria? It's toxic. Yeah. It kills them. Yeah. To 95% of the bugs, the drug is death. Mm-hmm. But to the 5%, you got superbugs. Those that can survive it yeah. become superbugs. They become resistant. They kill them. Yeah. So here's the thesis that came to me as a nature path that went, oh, mm-hmm. I got it. My mm-hmm. immune system's tweaked. I'm watching my wife's immune system being tweaked. There are a couple of things. I had a little bit of tightness in my left kidney. That's gone. It's cleared out totally. Had some challenges in my life. That's gone. Wow. And I also had some neck challenges that are now, you know, we're now about the third, fourth week out of COVID. And those neck challenges are at least 97%. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. And so here's my take. Yeah. The virus comes in and to 95% of humans who don't have immunity, they're dead. It kills them. Just like the, the, the drug kills off the bug. But to the other 5%, it's a pathway to becoming a superhuman. Mm. It's a pathway to being conscious, doing your work, recognizing the energetic patterns you've got that are off the mark. This brings in a heightened state of immunity that if you cooperate with it, if you're conscious and you work with it, you'll clear those things out that maybe yesterday you didn't have the ability to clear out. Mm. And that was my experience of having COVID. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We took much care of ourselves nutritionally. <laughs> yeah. We did several things, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to get into that because I'm not interested in prescribing for, for diseases. Absolutely. I'll just offer that. Wait, and, yeah. and one of the big things that came up for both of us was mm-hmm. there was some sincere forgiveness for us to do. I love it. I love and, it. And the, I, I, I look now, now I'm not, I'm not going to run out and get somebody with COVID who can, you know, cough in my face tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> About a month out of COVID, I am appreciative of the fact that I had COVID. I'm appreciative, and my wife is appreciative of the fact that she had COVID. It's given us both upgrades to our health and made us stronger, more vital, and eradicated symptoms that that were things that we knew about that we had Mm -hmm. been working on, but had not worked through until our immune systems were tweaked by that bug and we received its gift instead of fought against it. That's amazing. You know, that's that's really an amazing story. And that really confirms everything. It really elongates this discussion here. That that which you are is eventually what your result becomes. You know, this is the same COVID that many people are uh, con- contracted and never survived or contracted and become worse what they call the lingering effect of covid is out there you know many people because they contracted this uh, disease and after that they got healed they tested negative and then after that they were lingering effect you had the exact opposite of that it's an invitation to do our <laughs> you know, work if we yeah. know what our work is if we yeah. know the work of yeshua and yeah. do it you had it's you simply know, a support for it's it. amazing and for for people listening this is 
you your story can be different. You can have the exact opposite of what the majority's experience has been. Why? Because you are that loved. You are becoming what you 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 are that which you were created and not even become, right? You are that which you created and you prepare yourself uh, again to be very specific nutritionally, right? Be aware of that which you take in. Yes. You know, nutritionally you prepare yourself and then thought-wise, right? When you found that you contracted COVID and your wife contracted, you didn't go panicking and calling brothers and sisters and uncle and announce on CNN and tell ABC that you had COVID. No, you were so assured that you are coming out on the other side. You know, it's almost like the story of Jesus, Yeshua, sleeping in the sea in the midst of turbulence, you know, and... Everybody was panicking, and that guy was on the side of the on the side of the boat sleeping, while everyone was panicking. Right? Don't allow what you hear in the media or what you hear from someone and uh, people about COVID or about this virus determine your reaction to it. You can decide to have a different thought process. You know, well, many people say, "Oh, you're denying reality." No, it's not a denial of reality. It's actually living the true racing. reality, right? <laughs> Living the one, of my wife's, one of my wife's favorite stories of Yeshua is the point where he walks across the water and Peter's like, I know that if, if you were to help me, I could, I could do that. And so Peter steps out of the boat, he walks until he shifts his attention. That's right. And he shifts his attention to the storm. That's right. From the source of love to the storm. That's and right. what we shift our attention to, Yeshua says, here's how creators work. Let thine eye be single and thy body will be filled with light. And that, that body will if be filled with light. If, if you talk to a modern day physicist, they'll tell you that matter is light energy solidified. What That's we focus powerful. on is what we literally create. Absolutely. In our 100% of the time. 100% of the time. Have, it's, not even what, it's not what someone focuses on you about. It's not like, oh, Dr. Rice, I'm focused on you driving into that dish, right? If my focus, if my thought and my focus towards you driving into a dish does not match with your thought, for you to drive into that dish, you must have been thinking <laughs> about driving into that dish. So if my thought matches with yours, that is when that manifestation can come about. If my thought towards you does not match with what I think towards you, there is never, no manifestation will take place. It's just not possible. It's that which you vibrate yourself, the energy in which you are, not that which is projected towards you. And that's very important. Exactly. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And, and, and you know, it's a phenomenal story. So for people listening to us today, yes, the COVID is out there. Yes, the virus is out there. We're not denying the fact that COVID is out there. The pandemic is real. COVID is real. The virus is real. We are both uh, scientifically taught. Dr. Rice is uh, an naturopathic. You understand science. I am. Uh, I study osteopathy and apropathy, and of course, I understand science. We understand the science of COVID, promise. We know the science. But there is another dimension to it about controlling your reality, and that is in the place of your mind. It's almost like you see beyond what your eyes can see and what your body can feel, right? So you are in charge of this pandemic. Your reaction to it, you're in charge of it, not the news, not what if people you say. you have the tools. You, you have the if tools. you have the tools. If you yeah. have the tools. <laughs> yeah. let, me, let me throw in another, another piece here. I have a friend, and this was actually instructive to me uh, before I got COVID. I have a friend who's also a physician mm-hmm. who got COVID, and he had a really deep, dark, rough time. And I you know, was on the phone with him pretty much every day. 
And what we came up with, what we realized is that what COVID did or does also is that the darkest energies that are in you Uh are going to surface in response to that tweak of your immune system. Yep. So what he found, he went into some of the darkest thoughts from his earliest childhood, Mm. some of the deepest unresolved issues Hmm. that were unlike love that he was carrying around. Literally, in the Aramaic sense, he went into some of his deepest sins. And because he had support, he was able to rise above that and keep moving through those things, processing through those things. And again, that's the forgiveness process. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) I mean, it's going to show you the deepest energy that that this thing is attaching to. The only way there's got to be resonance in order for a disease frequency to come in, there's got to be a disease energy within you. And of course, we've all got a thousand generations of genes in there, and I don't know anybody that's resolved at all, including myself. And and this will tend to attach to and tweak those things that need to be forgiven. And and by the way, if anybody wants support for moving through those things, you know, on an ongoing basis, five days a week from one till two p.m. Eastern time, uh, I do a radio show as well. You know, you've got Dr. Ben here, and I'm certainly available five days a week on my radio show. We've had that going on for. 10 years, we've got thousands of hours in the archives. And the way that people access my show is just to phone into 563-999-3581. If they call that number, push one, they'll be, call it, they'll be listening to my show five days a week from one to two Eastern. And then if you just push one, ask a question and I'm there to answer questions and help to round this out fill it in and support people in learning to become conscious of every energy they carry within them and how to process through those energies. And of course the app, again, you just go to your app store and type in Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness and you're looking at the world's only forgiveness app and it's free and it's private. That's powerful. designed to be private. Yes, uh, Doctor, you heard Dr. Rice's information there. If you have to contact Dr. Rice and, and consult with him, he's a very knowledgeable uh, uh, man. And he loves, we, we have something in common. And what we have in common is the fact that we love, uh, we are passionate about what we do. We're definitely passionate about uh, sharing this right to the world and impacting the world. We're not saying we're going to change the world because no man can change the world, but we are impacting, impacting life one after the world, after the uh, one after the other, so that eventually to those who believe again, remember those who believe and do uh, can be liberated and can experience who they truly are, who they are created to be. So I mean, within this, com- uh, within this uh, pandemic, and everything that is going out there, the fear that is being spread, you can choose to become who you are, and that is love. And your experience will come, will be the same. And it doesn't matter whether you caught COVID or you don't catch COVID, your story can be just the same. You know, Doctor Ben, are you are you familiar with the the, the um, idea of catching crabs and what happens in a crab bucket? Um. No, I, I like to know well, that. Well, let me share it. Okay. So if, if you want to go out crabbing, you take a bucket and you throw a crab in the bucket. Okay. And if you don't have a lid on the bucket, the crab is going to crawl out of the bucket. Absolutely, yes. However, if you put a crab in a bucket and put a second crab in the bucket, mm-hmm. neither of those crabs will ever crawl out of the bucket. Wow. Because when one starts to crawl up, 
the other one will grab it and pull it back in. It? <laughs> if you have That's... 20 crabs in the bucket, wow. none of those crabs will escape because if one of them starts to crawl out, wow. the others will grab it and pull it back in. Wow. So be aware that Wow. If you choose to live a life that's based in actual love, an actual human life, mm. there will be people who will say, no, we don't want you to crawl out of our bucket. Yep. Come back and do our hostility, our yep. fear, our rage. You're yep. abandoning us. You, you're calling me bad because I want to be able to rage at you when I want to. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not calling you bad. I'm just saying I don't want to engage in your energy that's off the mark. I'm not interested in your sin, and I'm getting out of this bucket. I love it. And, and when you realize that – Every unresolved frequency in our genes, hmm. a thousand generations is another crab in the bucket. Hmm. Amazing. Now, Amazing. You know, when Yeshua says, when they tell us in the scriptures, the sins of the fathers, the energies that are off the mark, hmm. are passed down to three and four generations. Four generation. Hmm. Four generations is 31 lives. Hmm. You know how many generations there are in, in, or pardon me, how many lives are in 30 generations in our bloodline? Mm-hmm. 1.6 billion people. Oh, no kidding. And every one of them that holds unresolved pain in our genes is what will tend to drag us back into the old way of thinking, back into the bucket. Absolutely. And that's where a hand up, where Yeshua says, touch the hem of my garment. I will give you my vitality. I will give you my strength, but you have to do your work. When Absolutely. he told the disciples they had to do their work, half of them said too hard a saying, turned around and left and never came back. That's amazing. You know, I, 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 I like the story of the crab, anal- the crab analogy. And within this uh, pandemic, it is very, very, very important to understand what kind of crab are you hanging with? Like, yes. like, like, what, what kind of crowd do you belong to? What kind That's of crowd? It. What kind of crowd do you keep around you? What's your source of information? What's your source of inspiration? What kind of inspiration do you believe in? Ask yourself that question, and that is a personal question for you to answer. What do you subscribe to, right? What kind of information do you subscribe to? If you look at all your subscriptions, what kind of information do you subscribe to? Who is what talking you to you? Who is listening to you? What kind of crowd do you have around you? Do can do you can you even identify the crab? Can you take pick up the pen right now and identify three to five crabs around you? It's pandemic that you are willing to avoid. Sometimes you have to be very conscious. You have to be consciously. You have to consciously list those things. You have to come to a place of consciousness to really realize. Wow, this is a crab. This is a pandemic crab. And if I'm going to survive, I'm come come out of this. It doesn't even matter whether I contract it or not. But if I'm going to come out of this. I can't hang around this crab and I'm going to exchange that word crab to crowd. <laughs> What's your crowd? And, and <laughs> if one of those crabs resonates in me, some form of hostility or fear, mm. I can project it into my brain's image of them and think they're the problem. Yep. But again, we've got a test in my work for determining whether or not something you're feeling is yours or not. Yeah. And the test is, are you feeling it? Yep. If you're feeling it, it's yours. It's yours to forgive. However, your mind can play the blame game and make it about somebody else. If you're feeling it, it's something in you, and that's your forgiveness work. And in the oh, app that, that I was talking about, we have a step-by-step worksheet process. That's powerful. Here's how, step-by-step, you forgive. That's powerful. And it shocks most people. That's powerful. shocks them when they realize what forgiveness actually is. And it's got nothing to do with the Greek idea of letting anybody else off the book. That's powerful. And Dr. Raz, you know, I, I love that word. If are you feeling it? You know, when we describe, when we started here on 
vibration, frequency, and energy. Uh, the analogy I gave is that of phone call, right? If somebody call you, you have that power to decide on whether you answer that call or not. If you are able to answer this, we're not talking about about instances when the phone is away from you or you cannot answer the phone call at that time, but you have the call, you have the number. Whether you are picking this call or not, it's your choice. Whether you're merging with that energy or not, you know, you can, the energy you have will also determine what type of energy you pick up, right? So are you feeling it? Because many thoughts that comes to you, many times, uh, there are ways I can know when, when, I, when somebody is thinking about me or missing me because I can project to feel, I can, I can feel into what thought, you know, and it's a dimension, right? You have to be to that dimension. When somebody is thinking about me a certain way, most, and I'm not saying this is all, uh, this is all the time about everybody, but there are certain people that are close to me and close to my heart and close to my circle. And when they are thinking about me, I can feel that vibration. I can feel their energy. And there are many times that I call such people. Oh, I was just thinking about it. I said, I knew you were thinking about me. That's why I called you because I felt you, right? <laughs> and that is very important. This is real stuff. This is and real stuff. Absolutely. Uh, 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 the way the thought you allow, the thought that people project towards you, you have the power to either allow that thought to permeate, to grow, and to become what you want to think, or you want to say, no, this is not who I am. I am love. I am not going to allow this thought to stay here. And you have the power to either take it, believe it, leave it, or you don't. You can or, answer that call or not. Go ahead, Bruce. Sorry. Or, or you've got to forgive it. Oh, you got to forgive you see, it. There is no choice about this. There is no choice. You know, if I say don't think about the color of your car, what happens? And that's exactly what, what you want to do. Brain cells. There's no choice <laughs> that's about exactly that. That's exactly what it's you want to do. It's a literal energy exchange. So if I have rage in me mm -hmm. and somebody shows up and does a behavior that resonates my rage, mm -hmm. I don't have a choice to say, oh, well, I'm not going to do rage. It moves automatically in response to the energy field that I'm in. Mm -hmm. Where my choice lies is the second after I realize that's resonated rage in me, I can apply forgiveness to that rage and I remove it. it. Now I'll be finished with it. Yes, But sir. at the moment it happens, there's no choice whatsoever. Resonance runs the game. I love but it. when I realize forgiveness is available to me, then I can forgive. You know, if you go back into the scriptures in, in Aramaic, mm -hmm. we're told the scriptures say, you know, Jesus says, forgive your brother, forgive your father, forgive, forgive, forgive them. He never says such a thing. In mm. every case, in the Aramaic translations, they leave out two words, and the two words are as to. Forgive as to your brother. Forgive mm. as to another. He's mm. not saying to forgive another. So what that means, practically speaking, is let's say you do something right now that resonates fear in me. Mm -hmm. Do I need to forgive you for the fact that fear is moving in me? No. Mm -mm. But I, if I want to be finished with my fear, I need to forgive as to what you just resonated in me. So mm. I'm applying forgiveness to my fear, my rage, my sadness. That's right. If I just push it down and say, well, I don't have to deal with that, it's going to become such a mess mm -hmm. in my unconscious that I'll live life unconsciously. I'll literally live in the desert. Hmm. You look at that story of the Jews wandering in the desert for mm -hmm. 40 years. Do you think a bright group of people who understood astronomy very well got lost in a 35-square-mile area, hot, sandy place for 40 years? Hmm. No, it's not about a hot, sandy place. The, uh, the word desert there is an, a code word for the unconscious. Hmm. Most people live unconscious until they're about 40 years of age. What had to happen 
to get out of the desert, the unconscious state of, of creating your life, into the promised land, which is conscious co-creation. That's what had powerful. happened? The old generation had to die off. That's powerful. The root of the word generation is genaria. It means cause. That's All of the causes held in the mind in the genes from the past have to be removed. And that's how we get out of the desert into the promised land. And we become conscious co-creators with the Father. That's powerful. And that is very, 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 very important uh, for us to really become that conscious and live this life truly free. And remember when you live this way, health and wellness becomes something that you have a handle of. Your wellness is not in the hand of your doctor. It's not in the hand of your physician, your physical therapist, or whatever, whatever kind of decision you have, you, have, you have in your life that's taking care of you physically. You are in charge of it because, again, you determine your outcome. From Dr. Rice's testimony today and uh, the testimony he shared about his friend, your story can be different. Tend onto thy energy. Tend onto yourself. Tend onto who you are. Look inward, search deep within, bring them up, those feelings, and one after the other. It's almost like you sort them out. Have you ever entered your closet and you have a pile up of clothes and pile up of things that you've had for the last 15 to 20 years? And you pick some, oh, I still need this. Oh, I love this dress. Oh, this dress I'm giving to Goodwill or whatever organization, and this I'm trashing. Do that for yourself. What kind of feeling do I have within me that I might be projecting onto others? It is time for you or for us to really sit down and bring all of those clothes out of the closet and really look inside and begin sorting them out one after the other. I forgive myself for the I live in forgiveness about this. I embrace this. I am love. I become that which I am. And that is the way to truly live, not just within this pandemic, but to live a happy a fulfill a truly peaceful life, a life that really truly becomes that which you have created to be. Living life on earth as though you are not of this earth. That's what it means. You are not, you are of this, you live in this world, but you are not of this world. Yes, you will attract words. Yes, many people will misunderstand you. Yes, sometimes you will be called crazy. So yes, many times you'll be named and labeled as something that you truly ain't. But remember, the foolishness of God, that which is foolish, <laughs> that which you do, that may look crazy, look mundane, look stupid, look whatever name people label it, right here on earth because of what can be seen with these two eyes, these two eyeballs, is wiser than the wisdom of men. So when you do things from an energetic level, when men will call it foolish, which is the foolishness of God, the foolishness of good energy, the foolishness of living in that energetic dimension about your wellness and about your health. That foolishness is wiser than the wisdom of men. Now, if somebody listen, a, 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 someone that just believes in nothing but the science of COVID, listen to Dr. Rice's testimony right now. I say, oh no, you're crazy. How, how, how can you say you going through COVID changed you and healed you? It scientifically cannot be proven. It scientifically cannot be proven. But remember, he lived it. And he said, you hear it from his mouth. I am not the one quoting him. You just listen to him. Your story can be different. You can live in a different dimension. And whatever name you are called, living like that, even that foolishness 
that which does not make sense at the end of the day becomes the final wisdom that will justify you and bring you to the place you are supposed to be. This is all we have for today. Thank you, Dr. Rice, for coming on board. We really, I really, really appreciate your presence every time you come. It's Absolutely delighted. Always very impactful. Thank you very much. This is all we have for today. This is Dr. Ben Israel. Stay empowered. Stay enlightened. Shalom.